From Social Service Diary, I'm Jing Yao. With producers of the Singapore-based Social Work Made Accessible podcast, Dominic, Rachel, and Mingfang, we chat about how they got started, the different social work episodes and conversations they've had, and how they are planning for the future. I feel like we probably should have done this episode a lot earlier, but I'm really excited to speak to all three of you. So to start, maybe in turn, tell me briefly about yourselves and your social experience. I thought we should start with Rachel first. Tell me a bit more about yourself and your experience in the field. Hi, yeah, my name is Rachel. Um, I'm as of 2022, in 2022, I'm an assistant <laughs> senior social worker. Yeah, so I've been working in the family service sector the family service center for the past four years and a little bit of a month. Yeah, so that's me. Thanks, thanks, Rich. Maybe Ming Fang next. Hi, I'm Ming Fang. Uh, similar to Rachel, I'm also a direct practitioner training in a family-based setting. For my work though, I primarily work with low-income families using more community-centric approaches and that's also my interest. So I'm actually interested in poverty-related work, community development approaches and actually a bit more interest, a growing interest in social enterprises. And finally, Dominic. Hi everyone. Yeah, so similar to actually Rachel and Ming Fang, I'm also in the family service centres. I've been a social worker for about a year and a half currently. And I really like how Mingfang shared a bit about her interests because I thought that would be something that I could share too. So one current interest of mine is actually the, you know how we have people in environment. One thing I've been considering a bit more is practitioner in environment. So what structures enable the practice of social work? Yeah, so that's just a bit of an insight into me. Yep. Yeah. And I think hearing the, the backgrounds and the profiles are important because I think it segues like nicely to, I think, why... Or I'm guessing why you all started the podcast, right? Your, your, your podcast is titled Social Work Made Accessible, which I think has created a space for conversations about the social work profession, practice, and people's perspectives in, in Singapore. And I guess my question here is, who for whom is it accessible, right? So Made Accessible for whom? That's another way of asking when you all started the podcast, who was the target audience and who are the folks do you think you are kind of speaking to and then speaking with? Yeah, you know, I think I'll have to answer this question in a few layers. Uh, when you asked this question, I was like, oh, okay, got to think back. So you you did make quite a good distinction between the start. So to be honest, when it came to the start, it was very much about ourselves. Yeah, as current practitioners, so at that point of time, Rachel was in, in the scene already, but I was transiting into it. So it is ourselves first, then current practitioners, and then eventually those interested in social work, to take on as a profession or, or those who want to actually contribute towards the sector. So if you don't mind, I could just elaborate just a bit more. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Okay. So when it comes to being ourselves, I think I like to return to the intent as a podcast, which is to provide a space for conversations. Like you hit that on the, on the nail. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? For that. Um, the birth of the podcast, right? is rooted in the desire to intentionally have more conversations around topics of social work. So this has been exceptionally jarring because frankly, for myself as a practitioner, I think what I get sucked into is that the job roles of a social worker, which can become a lot more functional. Yeah. And I often lose sight right, of that thoughtful part of practice, the thinking, the reflecting, the let's discuss about broader topics. And the podcast has been immense in pulling me back. Uh, the second thing that I mentioned just now would be current practitioners. And two words come to mind that we kind of explored a little bit more 
uh, whereby it's like the two is the first being educational. The second one would be trying to facilitate some form of conversations beyond the podcast. Yep. So the educational phase was when we were introducing more people uh, towards the podcast and say that, hey, you know, we wanted to air uh, certain topics as kind of like a, a tidbit. You know, when we talk about motivational interviewing, narrative therapy, working with children, these are things that sometimes if you do not have the right uh, connections or like if the cost doesn't appear on your email, you're, you're just not going to get it. So yeah. it's the educational part. The next part then will be the facilitative, whereby you realize then afterwards we talk about power and privilege. Those are the questions that we, it's a lot more discursive in nature. Yeah. And then finally, when it comes to those who are interested in social work or the sector, uh, usually it's potential students. But I think interestingly, we are also seeing ourselves shift towards considering the broader social services, like the recent episode on innovation with uh, Lewin from Solvent Plus One. I also understood that you, you spoke with him as well. Yeah, some time ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think we, we see ourselves then, you know, uh, ourselves first and foremost, that space that we have, current practitioners, those interested in social work and within that space, it's going to be those that want to take it on as a profession or to contribute to the, the sector. Yeah. That's true. And before I go to Rachel and Mingfang, am I right to kind of summarize it as solely focused on the social work profession so far? I mean, you want to talk about social services more in general, so, but so far it's really focused on that social work profession piece. Would that be accurate? Yeah, or maybe more so within that space because I think we are also privy that there are, for example, counsellors who practice within the social work spaces and I don't think we're trying to negate them out of it. I think we're intentional by calling them practitioners because we don't want to kind of monopolize that whole space. We want to see that. And you're right. I think the social element of it, uh, that professionalized kind of perspective of it uh, might be a bit more attuned or where it came out from. Yeah, but how it shifts, how it moves, it's, it's very dynamic and fluid in that case. Yeah. Yeah, I think aside from what Dominic uh, mentioned, I think when we also talk about conversations being made accessible, I think I was just thinking a lot about networking as a young social worker. Like, I think that would be like an extremely daunting task, like, you know, medical social worker, head of medical social work. Like, how do I go about doing that? And I think it's really making conversations or like learning opportunities accessible for people at all different levels. Because I think something that Dominic and I were talking about also is what if I, Number one, didn't have the courage. Number two, didn't have the skills to network, but also um, simply didn't know the right people or didn't have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, so I think we're using this platform as a way to use not just our connections, but also the connections of the people that we know so that their thoughts can be brought on a platform where more people can hear it and hopefully they can have more discussions with the people around them thereafter. Yeah, so I think it's a pretty, it's not just by like categories also. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, it serves a number of functions. Even from what I'm hearing right now, it's a space for reflection, it's a space for education, and it's a space, as you said, for, for networking also. And I want to come to Mingfang as well, because what Rachel and Dominic have been saying is that a lot of it has been centered on conversations, right? And of course, Mingfang, in the introduction, mentioned that you are deeply interested in inequality, right? I mean, I, I imagine all of you are, but you mentioned that in particular, you know, through the 20 odd episodes that you've had, about social work conversations and education, different forms of social interventions and approaches and themes such as power, privilege, and meritocracy. Besides just telling me a bit more about the podcast, so how do you, what's the thought process like in terms of inviting guests and you know, what types of conversations interest the team? You really mentioned about reflection, education, and, and you know, about networking as well. Are there other things that I'm missing or, or folks should, be, should know about in terms of the podcast? So I actually joined the podcast only a year ago. 
but yeah. I was actually very convinced, right, by the heartbeat behind it that actually learning is sometimes restricted to who you know, not so much what you know. And as Dom, Dominic and Rachel have mentioned, right, we really see our podcast as a space um, for conversations to flourish. And for myself, it's in quite alignment with what I believe to be community building approaches where we're building a community of social work practitioners in a digital space. And for ourselves, we, we actually go through quite an organic process. Yeah, We are quite aligned as a team, right? And each year we do set a plan of like, okay, this is the direction we don't want to take. These are some uh, points conversations, topics that we want to focus on. But of course, we are very, um, we allow for fluidity where yeah. sometimes depending on our direct contacts and our networks, or maybe sometimes we're linked up with other professionals from their networks or just people who reach out directly to us. So yeah. it's really about the person first. Um, usually when we want to invite guests on, we sit down mm -hmm. with them and we understand, hey, what excites you? What passion projects are you working on? What are things that you are passionate about that you think people need to hear? and people gotcha. would benefit from hearing. And then, of course, we bounce back and forth and, and see, is it in alignment with our own interests? Yeah. And I think we want to also acknowledge that there is such diversity in the sector yep. and everyone brings with them so much richness and wisdom and experiences, some of which we can never fully encapsulate. But I think for all of us, we're really open to just being connected with people and expanding our views of what social work is and can be. And yeah. for ourselves, we, we never want to assume that we know it all. Um, also because we are rather new in the profession and there are really so many giants that we stand on the shoulders upon, right? Who have yep. walked away and, and have set the ground for what social work is. And for us, I think we, we're just really interested in bringing out these narratives on a platform where we can all come together and say, hey, this is social work made accessible. Yeah, and, and on that, I'm going to quickly also put you on the spot, right? So in thinking about, because you joined a year ago in the last year, you know, which episode stood out to you, which has been most significant or which is one you particularly enjoy and folks should, you know, go listen to right after this? Okay, so for myself, <laughs> I think, well, I, I joined at a period where Social Work Made Accessible was, had a more focus on educational based series. Yep. So it was a working with children's series and there were series on trauma-informed work. Yep. Um, but for myself, it's really the more discursive pieces that I enjoyed the most. One that comes to mind immediately is the one on power and privilege with Peili yep. and Sientian. So both of them are mentors that I respect a lot as well. And I think in that conversation, it is sometimes tough conversations, right? Because it's really looking inward and looking at ourselves as a person, as a professional, the privileges that we bring, sometimes explicit or implicit, right? And, and I learned a lot in that episode because as we shared our narratives, I think yeah. there were a lot of similarities in the own ways that we view the world and it really helped to enrich my own understandings of what it meant to be a practitioner and, and for me to question then moving forward, what are some of these biasness that I have for myself? Gotcha. So that was one episode I really enjoyed. S same question to put the, both, the, the the next two of you on the spot as well. So Rachel, which episode you know, you've been doing for some time in the past two years, which really has stood out to you, which was most memorable or significant for you? Yeah, I think uh, my thoughts are similar with Ming Fang's. I think any of those like discursive, uh, critiquing kind of episodes are quite fun because I think it really forces us to um, think about, you know, what our opinions are. And also I think putting your opinion out there on such a public platform, right? How to um, put it in a way that is constructive. Because I think that's something that we always try to have um, and that kind of angle to because I think yeah. we don't want to 
bring down the, the profession in any way. Yeah, but I think a particular one, I think would be the one on like um, social work and the media. I think we kind of came, Dom and I kind of came up with that while there were some things happening on social media and, and the profession. And I think we really had to decide, you know, do we say something? I mean, not that our opinion greatly matters in, in the grand scheme of things, but I think like, yeah, do we want to say something or do we just pretend like it never happened and then we just go on to the next thing that we have planned? Sorry, was this the one with, there was a discussion about qualifications and education backgrounds? Was that the discussion about it or? No, it, it wasn't. It was, I think how it was, we were being portrayed by certain ads in, in, on social oh, media. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, but I think we also, I think what's interesting is also like, how do we broaden that conversation, right? So it's not just a response to that one episode. I think um, thinking about, yeah, how we see ourselves as a profession. So not just like focusing on that one thing and going like, oh yeah, like, you know, uh, we're not this way. Yeah, so I, I, think it's a, it's, I think it's a good intellectual challenge for us as well, um, yeah. you know, because I think it's very natural to have a reaction or a response to something that we're uncomfortable or not necessarily very pleased about. Yeah, yeah so I think it's good. What you said is great because the one word when you, when you and Ming Fang were sharing is the word reflexive and then you said, reaction which is tied to the notion of a reflex right and so free to say just now i might be paraphrasing this is like being careful about what you say and also not putting down the profession as well which is something that is an interesting consideration because it reflects i think the extent to which there is a depth of 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 evaluation before you decide which episodes to go with and how you craft the episode as well which i'm not sure if a lot of the other um, podcasts and episodes go about doing so like there's a there's a depth and, and time and process that goes about doing so as well I'm going to let you respond to this but let me get to Dominic first and give his space to kind of think about this as well and Dominic same question as well which episodes stood out to you in that sense yeah I think for me what Rachel mentioned was like really really close and and for me it was actually the society and its disequilibrium one because I think the, the intent of the question right was kind of deciding whether will social workers ever be worked out uh, of, of ex- its existence and I think it was quite meta right more, more macro level questions um, but for me, the reason for why I found that it was very memorable was because I had to, in some ways, construct a personal thesis and let it be on air and let Rachel critique that. And on that la- layer and beneath that layer, after we release it, it, it was definitely open for criticisms. Yeah, whereby people might agree with me, people might disagree with me. And I was genuinely quite afraid that people would. And it's not that we don't welcome it. In fact, we do. But it's more about how do we then create uh, this course that is constructive to the sector, which is something that I think we hold as quite a cornerstone towards our podcast. We, yeah, which is quite in line with whatever uh, Rachel uh, really unpacked very, very well anecdotally and how we manage that episode with the media. But yeah, when I put it out there, when uh, interestingly, also Rachel outrightly disagreed with me on the podcast. Uh, and that was the first time when we had to like, okay, good, you know, how do we deal with this? Uh, but there was those dynamics, right? That's coming between co-hosts, uh, which helped there to be so much insight and in some ways also trust to be able to disclose such opinions, which I think kind of set a baseline for then the social work and media episode to come uh, way later and to be able to be ready. And I think we see the culmination of that in our recent episode on our conversation around MP Louis Ng's uh, suggestions 
yeah, which I know came from the sector, but we also had our own thoughts. We had our own questions and we're thinking, okay, let's join that conversation. Uh, but how do we be constructive, right? Rather than saying that, oh, we, we, we blatantly disagree or like, we, yes, we super agree with something. So it's more about that. Yeah. And I also want to give Rachel a chance to respond, but I also want to come back to Rachel as well, because when I listen, so in preparation for this as well, I listened to a bunch of episodes. I didn't listen to all that you mentioned, but some that you mentioned I've listened. But one thing that stood out in your very, very first episode, which is where I always like to start, Rachel, which I am paraphrasing, which was in the context of the very early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? There's been a lot of discussion about ground-up initiatives and movements. On the other hand, there's been less discourse on, I think, the roles of social workers or social work professionals, right? At the time, during the initial phases, and I documented some of these as well, folks were talking about all these new things that were coming up, but seems like, in my opinion, a lot of the work that social work professionals were doing were just taken in a way for granted because they, they chummed along as usual and chugged along as usual. And I'd love to exp- for you to expand a little bit on how you feel almost two years on, whether you think that this course has changed and you know, some thoughts about you know, this, this relationship or this, I'm trying not to say the word tension, but this is the relationship between social work professionals and these ground-up movements and initiatives in, in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, thanks so much for, first of all, listening to our episodes. And I think also like our early days, I'm sure they were slightly traumatizing <laughs> for us to listen back to. Yeah, but I think that's an interesting question, right? I mean, like looking back now also, almost like two years on from then, uh, I mean, me myself also having grown in responsibility as a social work professional and also like, you know, concurrently taking on this additional project of doing the podcast, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, I think what you said about like social workers just chugging on, I think that's very characteristic of a lot of social workers. I don't know if it's because they don't want to contribute or they simply may not have the bandwidth to. I mean, we were just talking amongst the three of ourselves um, in terms of how this year has been and how we were juggling the podcast, right? And we have not been on schedule. I took a <laughs> two-month break because I was so tired from work. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, I think it's also, for me, it's also having a greater appreciation of really the emotional and physical toll that the profession does have on workers' bodies. I mean, I know a lot of social workers who have gastric problems, eczema problems because of stress and anxiety. And I think these are all really real issues that we don't really even really talk about. We just put us, we just put a plaster and say, don't forget the self-care, guys. Yes. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So I think... Definitely perhaps what we could do a little bit better of as a, a community is maybe documenting the work that we do and yeah. perhaps even communicating that outwards because I think there's definitely a lot of good work. But I think social workers are also very humble. Like a lot of social workers are very humble. They they prefer to keep what they do, you know, within their little organizations and and you know, the the clients, they appreciate us and all that. Yeah. But how can we see how documentation really adds value in terms yeah. of like learning and sharing of knowledge? Yeah, I think that's something that we can think about a little bit more. And I think, yeah, I think with, I think the conversations that we're going to be having with some other folks about like research and, and all that, I think it's really important to yeah communicate this idea. So I, I think definitely people are doing things. Uh, just now when we were looking at the questions, I was saying about how um, you also want to recognize the promising social work award winner I think of I think it should be this year I think she started Kampong Kafis from my batch yep. mm-hmm. yeah so I think there are things that are out there but you know we may not know or we may not I mean I don't think she even really did it necessarily in her capacity as a social exactly. worker yeah. per se yeah. yeah so I think everyone's doing different things it's just 
whether or not we we see it and how we value all of the different work and um yeah the ecosystem that is not just the social service sector but just in the business of really supporting the those who are facing inequality and you know differences in like power yeah, yeah. i mean the humility is definitely one point right the other i would venture to hazard guesses something tied to what you and Ming Fang said earlier, which is if the three of you go through a process of deliberation and consideration as to what to share, and given concerns about privacy, um, things being confidential and all these things, that's another layer of consideration for folks in terms of whether to speak about them or these issues in the first place as well. And I think that sometimes can be a challenge for folks also, right? In addition to the fact that they are a really burdened, as you said, and stressed with a lot of responsibilities on the job. And so the three of you are essentially doing this on top of your day-to-day responsibilities as well, right? And that leads me to wonder also, I mean, there's a quick follow-up as well. What kinds of responses have you gotten from your you know, agencies and, your, and, and the folks you work with, right? Because they must know in the sector that the three of you are running this and they listen to you, I imagine, um, a number of them do listen to you as well. So, you know, what types of responses do you get, you know, um, from your colleagues, from your, um, maybe even your supervisors or from your agencies as well? What has the response been from there? I'll take this unexpected <laughs> question. Uh, yeah, so I think broadly, I think it's been really uh, positive on my end. I think social service agencies are also trying to enter into the social media space. I think podcasts honestly take a lot of effort. Yeah, because I think you're putting out content that is not just, um, vis- I mean, we're not looking at visually entertaining content, right? We're asking for like 30 minutes minimum of your time. And unfortunately, our podcasts were horrible at the time management. So we've got really, really long episodes. So, <laughs> I mean the truth yeah so i think i think social service agencies are really trying to enter i mean i heard like i've seen people on tiktok you know all those youth agencies linkedin i think we're also trying to do a better job there yeah so i think so far it's been pretty positive and i think people are like seeing how they can okay no one's like asking me like oh can i learn from you guys or anything like that but yeah that would direct them to dominate for all the technical all the technical things <laughs> yeah but, but i think for me the the people that are also really interesting is that when you get partners who know about the podcast, so I've had that a few times and it's a bit scary because you no know, one second you're trying to like advocate for your client and the next second you're like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. Like it, it helped yeah. me with my university uh, yeah, experience and I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> kind of like nervous because it was really unexpected. Yeah, but I think so far the response has been positive on my end. Yeah, and that, that that's interesting also because that's another layer of the consideration, right? Like you think about the different layers you have to consider, you have to consider the work, your agencies, but now you brought in another layer, which is folks with whom you work in the community, right? And how they might perceive it. And that's another layer of how you, um, how individuals or folks in the profession like us should be thinking about um, folks, right? Terms like we might use. Imagine if the terms that are still widely used are clients and beneficiaries, which have its sense in the professional setting. But imagine if you hear a podcast and you're like, hey, uh, um, so I'm one of those clients or I'm one of those beneficiaries, right? That I think frames um, the conversation further also, yeah. And of course, I want to hear from Ming Fang and Dominic, but another layer here also is, I was also wondering from the both of you as well, Given the functions of the podcast, right, for reflection, education, networking, advancing um, conversations, is this something that would be beneficial? I mean, it's a leading question, right? Is this something that would have been beneficial when you were 
social work students yourselves? Like, was this something that would have been, would have made sense or would have been of value when you yourselves were students, right? So it's the same question, but another layer of the education piece also for, for Ming Fang and Dominic. Yeah, I know Dominic wanted to jump in first. Yeah, I can give a little bit of thoughts to this question. I think that it is more so useful now. I can imagine because the podcast grows with us as we mature as professionals as well. So our thoughts and our perspectives on even what is social work becomes very, very different. It changes, it contracts, it expands in terms of its definition. It enters different dimensions and spaces. And I would imagine if I had this when I was young, it might sound a bit too intellectual. It might sound a bit too... Uh, theory focus, you know, we're talking about perhaps like, oh, how do we we navigate around Kohlberg's moral theory or something like that, uh, or, or criticize Erickson's theory. But when it comes to, to to me being as a profession, I can see how the episodes also have shifted. Yeah, the, the, the discussions that we have when we talk about power and privilege is different. Uh, so it's for different purposes. But at the same time, I will take a position here and say that it is potentially not very helpful if I was a student. Yeah. Because that ground experience, that, that point where the nuances come up yep. a lot more is absent. Yeah. That, that would be my, my response. And if I were to commit towards which side. La. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I would actually challenge that perspective, Dominic. <laughs> um, yeah. So for myself, I think in the education space, you don't know what you don't know. And I think for myself, I learned a lot, not from only the, the academic system, but it's in conversations with people who really are in the sector, their lived experiences, their considerations that I got to consider more um, of the nuances of what being a social worker means. And for myself, I think actually our listeners are, tend to be in the younger age group um, for those who are incoming social workers and or just five years into this into the space so i I do think that there is a value that we're bringing to workers in this space and perhaps some part of it is also in expanding your thought processes behind what we're actually doing uh, day to day other than the socially administrative parts of course yeah yeah and both for ming fang and dominic as well similar question to rachel's one what have you what responses have you gotten from your agency your your, your colleagues or folks with whom you work in the community? I think mine has been more so than about, it's actually quite a neutral stance. I don't think they are in favor or actually against it, which I, I think is the right response that I would prefer. Yeah, or, or maybe not say right, but that would be my preferred response. I don't really publicize that, okay, I am the host of this podcast. You know, it's more about like, okay, when I'm, when people say like, okay, this guy is the one who runs the podcast, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Hi. Um, <laughs> But, but beneath that, I think it's also then the responses that I've gotten was that, hey, you know, your episodes on certain educational ones really helped me to, to look differently at my practice. And I think that's what we want to go for, right? But eventually that, the credit goes to the, our host, not so much us. We just provide the platform. Yeah, and that has been quite core to us. Uh, there have been people who say that, for me, I think the biggest impact that it has personally is people who say that I was considering social work. I heard your podcast episodes on what is social work, why social work, and it actually told me that I would like to enter the profession. Yeah. And I thought that was something that I never thought that would happen. Yeah. So so frankly, I think that's a bit more of what other responses that I've gotten. Yeah. Ming Fang? Yeah, I think for myself, my experiences are quite similar to Rachel, generally positive. And for, for me, I think it's not just about people from my agency and colleagues, because they are all very supportive. 
I think more questions and curiosity comes when I speak with people who are outside of the sector. So I do have quite a few peers who do not identify as social workers and yeah. they may not even fully know what social work is, right? And when they listen to the podcast, they're like, wow, I didn't know social work until all of these. And these are considerations that we're actually thinking about things like yeah. change-making processes, things like what civil society might mean, yeah. things yeah. like what advocacy might look like in Singapore. And I think these are parts which are core to our, our identities as social workers, which I'm very proud to say that, hey, we are using this to champion some of uh, these conversations and spaces which are necessary. So for myself, I, I, I believe that social impact is not just restricted to just social work, but there's a lot more knowledge and understanding of what social work is um, that is necessary in the space. Yeah, and, I, and, and on that note as well, because you, know, you all have been talking and I've been kind of pushing you to think about the not just the functions but at a more meta level as well how has the experience of producing and recording the podcast has been i imagine looking back and listening to the many many episodes you recorded for each of you what has been most surprising or that's another way of asking what have you personally learned about the profession itself that you did not expect to know or did not know before starting social world media accessible yeah so anyone who wants to go ahead please yeah i think for me it's very much more functioning in the meta space as well. I think that's the, the I mean a term you use and I'm picking up on that. I find that social work or at least my understanding of it or the conversations that we have, the topics that we venture into, many of it comes back to our definition and scope of what is social work. Interestingly, there are many people who will differ to say that, hey, these are the boundaries in which I would practice versus there are people who say, no, the boundaries are, are not at where you are saying it is. And that's, out of it forms boundaries, right? Out of it forms thoughts. And for me, it contracts, it expands, it flows depending on very, very different times of my life and like how I actually may process the profession in and of itself. So I think for me, because understanding that social work is kind of like an extension of my passion to help people, that becomes incredibly personal at times. Sometimes it becomes impersonal because I have to do it to make sure that I'm guarding other areas of my personal life. So it's, it's an interesting thing because I think I'm not directly answering the, the question on perhaps like which episodes or, but it's more so the whole journey of social work made accessible thus far. Yeah, so for me, it, it's just really interesting to understand how deeply personal social work is uh, at some points and sometimes it's not. Yeah. To me, that makes a lot of sense. In fact, in terms of what, what I've been hearing from Mingfang and Rachel as well in terms of broadening and narrowing definitions, protecting oneself, different considerations, which makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Rachel and Mingfang? Yeah, for myself, I'm similar. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Go ahead, Mingfang. So for myself, I have similar thoughts. I think to answer the question of what's surprising it has to go beyond our expectations, right? And I think there's no singular... Um, answer for this yeah. because in our podcast we've really met people with such different experiences and our work can really be so dynamic and I loved what Dom was mentioning about how there's really beauty in our profession because it's all about learning unlearning and relearning right what it is we do how it is we can do better and it's as much about our members and communities as it is about ourselves and for my own experience in my own experiences what I took away was not about the theories the ideas or the questions that the individuals have posed, all of which are really enriching, right? But in the podcast episodes, the people we meet, what they bring with them is such conviction in the work. And 
it really grounds me and rejuvenates me as a fellow social worker because the expression of the good we see or the work that we do may vary. I may not directly be working with children and youths on a day-in, day-out basis, but the values are the same, right? And I am aligned with this fellow um, individual who's working as a social worker. And I think it's a community um, where we hope to provide safety to really have conversations, thoughts um, around what it means to practice better and be better as people and show up better in our communities. So really, really, I, I have a lot of thoughts from there, but let me process them and respond. Because I, I do think that that piece about community building is something that is, it's not that it's lacking because there are so many professional networks you know, even in the social work space across different sectors as well. But I think you're absolutely right that there's something missing from these spaces, something that's more personal. Some might even say more intimate that 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 you don't quite get, right? And bearing in mind, this is personality, this is being personal and being intimate in a space that's actually public. So that's quite hard to do, right? Because typically you associate those two things with, with more privacy and something. But now you're asking folks to talk about their reflections and perspectives on air and then something that will live on for some time. And then I think that balance is sometimes difficult to strike, but I do think you all have done a really good job with that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I think I just wanted to add a quick comment on that. Yeah. It really is about trust building, right? So back to one of the earlier questions that you asked, how, what's the process like for us? So for us, it's really about the people and we always let our um, guests know that they can share whatever they're comfortable with. Yeah. Or and if they're not comfortable, they always have the last bet before the episode goes on air. Yeah. Right. And for us, we believe that it is about okay, let me just cut that. I have no, no, no other please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just seeing each other as fellow social workers because some of the people that we have on air, sometimes they are more senior. In, in their positions in social work, yeah, right? Um, but I think how it is that we can see each other as peers in the same level and all the episodes that go out, I think we, we are proud to say that also all of our thoughts are equally as valued yeah. regardless of who we are and where we come from. Rachel? Yeah, I think, thanks Ming Fang for, I think, sharing about that. I think, yeah, it really resonated with me as well. I was also just thinking about the whole, whole process of coming up with the podcast and I think the concept of trust um, also came up in my mind, but I think in a different way. Um, I think starting the podcast, right, to be honest, Dom and I, we didn't really know each other. I was like, I know him through like, so, like someone else. Yeah. And I think it kind of takes an element of trust to say like, are you willing to like record a random podcast episode of this person that you just spoke with for three hours um, and put it online, you know? And I think the next layer then also is like trusting each other, like what Dom was saying about having like these difficult conversations and being challenged. And then I think another layer, I think for me was then also trusting Dom to recommend Ming Fang <laughs> to come on to this. I was like, okay, I know we need help, but like, who is this girl? Like, yeah. I think Ming Fang would uh, agree that I think the first time I met her at Bugis, I was like really trying to analyze this girl you know like can i trust her should we really bring her on like what's gonna happen you know i was um, being interviewed definitely <laughs> Dom, you don't know what happened it was quite horrific for ming fang i think and then she played a board game with me after that i think well right okay anyway yeah but i, I think i think just like having that yeah i guess also in that whole trust like also everyone's willingness to take risks 
Yeah. Um, I think for all the people that also came on, I think there is also an element of risk, right? Because they're putting on, uh, they're putting up, out their opinions on a very public space at like what you were saying. Yeah. So I think it's also an appreciation of all of that. And last but not least, I think it surprises me that people are still listening to us. <laughs> this many episodes on without inconsistencies yeah because i think i remember dom and i were saying like okay let's buy these mics i can't remember how how expensive these mics were but if we hit 50 people or something like that we will upgrade the mics we, we haven't upgraded the mics but yeah i think we just had a very small i don't know was it 50 yeah i don't even remember the number but yeah we had a very small we were like it's not about the numbers i think we just yeah. want to use this as like a learning and growing opportunity I think through this whole process as well, I mean, definitely things change, but I think also the three of us, I think having a very consistent and clear understanding of what that vision is and always kind of going back to that, I think there's really something that I really appreciate. Oh man, suddenly this is like so heartwarming, okay, for me. Um, <laughs> and then like, yeah, I think just always going back to that and having that clarity because we also have a lot of discussions out of recording the episodes. We have like, four hour, three hour long discussions and debates yeah. and like arguing, should we do this, should we do that? Yeah. So I think it's just the willingness of like taking that risk and like trusting each other. Cause this is it's not like it's not like we're just recording it for 30 minutes and then we go and speak. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think yours should be and I don't think self-flagellation, but just don't be so hard on yourself. Because I do think a big function of the of the podcast and something like yours which is centered on constructive conversations, challenging conversations is meant for posterity. And what I mean by that is that it's not just about who's listening now, but who's listening down the road also, right? Because the social profession is actually a fairly young one in terms of it being professional, right? But in terms of the professional, the professionalization process in Singapore is a fairly young one compared to the other professions in, in, in Singapore. And I think there will be, there is and there will be a lot of value in folks listening at this point in time and hearing. So this is how... As Dominic mentioned, this is how social work was conceived by these three folks in terms of guiding your guests along the process as well. And I think that's going to be pretty valuable down the road also. Yeah. I guess it's a way to kind of end these um, recording as well. What are the plans for the future, right? So what are, I know you all are very fastidious. You have a year-long plan. So what are folks, what can folks expect in 2022 or what else are you planning down the end as well, down the road? Right. So... I think for us, it was a space of reflection as well. I think we're constantly reviewing what SWMA means to us. For us, SWMA, I think it's an identity and a brand, right? The podcast itself is but a vehicle for what we want to achieve to create spaces, to facilitate conversations, connect novel ideas, to have equitable dialogues, for example, to localize social work learning, right? But what that looks like, I think the shape and form in which it takes might change in time to come. Um, but for us, I think we're just very grounded in that belief that we want to promote spaces like that. For the podcast specifically, I think we do have an interest in understanding what other players um, in the sector are doing other than those who identify as direct practitioners, because most of our previous podcast episodes have, have had a more of a focus on direct practice, right? the theories, the concepts. But I think we are also wanting to move towards the more discursive conversations, which we used to have, and bringing that back. So there's something to look forward to. And also, we'll be having an episode with you, Jinyao. So listeners, you may keep an eye out for that and take a listen when it's out. Yeah, so I just wanted to build on that. I mean, I was just reflecting a bit more about on what Rachel and Ming Fang said about um, the guests who have come on 
And in some ways, I think we see ourselves as like, in some ways, you know, social networks, right? I think that's also your, your PhD topic about nodes and how uh, many of them are in, in some ways connected to us. And those form communities. And I'm just thinking like, hey, you know, one kind of heart's cry of, of social media accessible has always been to, can we expand this community? And can we bring this community outwards? Yeah, to achieve much of what Ming Fang has shared. Yeah, and I mean, just to put it in, we have crossed 50 packs. It's just that we haven't bought new mics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rachel, any final thoughts? I guess something that we also always kind of wanted to do was also to have our listeners kind of tell us what they want to hear, actually. Uh, I think we tried to do that on social media a little bit, but our social media game isn't like always consistent. So we always welcome um, yeah, people to share their thoughts. We may not be able to necessarily deliver, um, but at least we can have a sensing of what people want to hear and we can see if that fits with the people we know or uh, where our direction is. And that really helps us as well. Yeah, so take the courage to drop us a direct message. I think our initial outro had like record a, a voice note and send it to us via email, but no one has done that. So that's fine. I was going to say folks who are interested, the link to your Instagram page will be up on the show notes. It's social work made accessible. That's SW made accessible. And you know, I mentioned at the start of the episode that we probably should have done this episode a lot earlier. So, and I think a principal reason why is because I think that three of you as a trio, you're doing something that's not really been done anywhere in the social work profession in Singapore, I think. And a lot of these spaces are private. And throughout today's chat as well, the terms that just keep coming up are like discussion, um, spaces, conversations, and dialogues. But ultimately, I think it's centered on community building, right? Starting with the three of you and this community that encourages reflection, education, networking, constructive discourse. And I sincerely believe that even if it's just two, three episodes a year, and if we continue this endeavor down the road, I think it's going to create a great deal of value for folks within the space and who might be thinking of joining a space or who might be on the fringes of different types and forms and, and, and activities and stuff as well who will find this really beneficial. So I sincerely say when I, I think you're do, uh, doing a really great job and I feel like it would be really great if this continues for, for, for a long time for the profession. Yeah. Thanks so much for your encouragement, Sinyo. I think it really means a lot to the team. Yeah, it come, it, it means a lot because I think I think your your podcast also came out before ours, right? So we were definitely doing our market research. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Thank it's you. different. It's complete I, I would say the folks, it's, it's different and, and different in a really great way. It's something that I couldn't do because I don't have no the three of I, there's something about, you know, I I can't put my finger and I'm um but there's something about the synergy between the three of you and how you interact with the guests that, that cannot be easily replicated. I know folks are trying and there have been small endeavors here and there, but I think in terms of longevity and sustainability, you'll probably have the legs to go for much longer time. So I, I'm really excited for what's in store down the road as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ming Fang. Thanks, Rachel. Thank Thanks, you. Dominic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.